Colin Horton. I'm an award-winning surveyor, part-time property investor and self-confessed entrepreneur. I believe that business is all about getting to know the people that you're dealing with and that's exactly what we're going to be doing on this podcast. We'll be having in-depth chats, asking the personal questions and ultimately getting candid. Hi guys, welcome to today's podcast. Uh, I've got two people today, it's like, a, it's like a threesome for podcast, so it's the first time I've done one of these, so go easy on me. Um, I've got two great guests who have come all the way from up north, even though they haven't come all the way from up north, but they have come from up north. So it's nice to uh, anyone, anything north of the M25 is northern to me. So um, I have the wonderful Kat from Pivot Marketing, and i also got the wonderful Lewis from Hustle. So, guys, if I pass over to you, can you just give us a very brief intro about who you are? Remember, these people, they may well know who you are, but pretend they have no idea. So, Kat, do you want to go first? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm Kat. I basically brand people. So, Pivot is an agency that specialises in personal branding and in generating leads or brand awareness for people and their businesses. And that's what I do. Nice. And you're helping me as well, which is... I am Hello. I'm Kat. I brand people, and I'm I'm shit. No, I'm joking. I'm not. I'm Lewis. I'd be a shit cat, wouldn't I? That's what I meant by I'm shit. Not your yeah. shit. Start again. I'm Lewis. Um, I have an agency called Hustle Marketing. It's a disruptive marketing agency, um, and we do the most wild, wacky, uh, engaging, and noisy campaigns that you could even imagine, or fathom. Nice. I mean, we're going to touch base on that in a bit because there's a couple of things I want to ask you about. Um, I guess first and foremost, having two of you here is nice because it's a nice dynamic because you're very similar, complementary industries, but I guess quite different in your styles. But both obviously is a nice kind of connection between you two. So if I was to ask you kind of your definition of what is a good brand, if I start with you, Kat, what would that be? A good brand, um, one that is flexible and humanised. So I feel like a lot of people are always very static with their branding and um, and they don't really give it that much human touch to it. So I think if you can kind of make it feel like a human almost, then um, you can get through to people and then, you know, get them to buy from you or connect with you on a certain level. What's your, what's your brand? Pivot. What, what, what is your, what is, what are you? You mean my personal yeah. brand? Um, well, I talk a lot about like leadership and personal growth and stuff like that. And so that's something that interests me as a person and people connect with my stories and things that I talk about and share. Um, and that's that's kind of how I go about my content. But I'm um, sure Lewis's is a little bit different. <laughs> go on then, mate. What's a brand? A brand is something that you stand for. Something that is visibly, uh, you can visibly take away um, your ethos and people can align themselves with it. Um, and it's something memorable. So what I mean by that is, like Red Bull, we know what they stand for, we know what they're all about, it's very memorable, um, and everyone knows what logo colours are. Same with Coca-Cola, Pepsi, all those brands, they're brands. Brands that you know what they stand for, you know what they mean, and you can very quickly and easily recall them. Nice, great answers. That's GCSE, yeah, like star, A star plus, that is, that's a great definition there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so did you get your, have you got your earpods? Have you Airpods, they're in the car. Ah, no, they're in the car. The one, the special one. Can you, can you tell us the story, mate? Because this is where, in three weeks, this is where I first started getting chatting to Kat, and your story was very much happened at the same time, along with the Elton John. Oh, no, you lose yours, did you? It wasn't you. No, no, I, my, I lost my air tag, and that ended up in Algeria. But I, you know. But she knew someone else that lost his AirPods, and they were in Dubai, and I was in Dubai. But I just left. I could have got his back as well.
for that story that story was it got quite yeah. a lot of media traction didn't it yeah the idea is um okay so i've been creating like unique campaigns that are a bit weird and wacky and the idea was um how can we show people what disruptive marketing is so uh, we've done a series of different things. And then the situation where my AirPods were, were uh, I left them on the plane, walked off the plane, and tried to get them back. And I was told I wasn't allowed to go back on the plane, even though I was on the stairs. Um, but they were going to bring them down to me. And then in the middle of all that, someone stole them. Long story short, I tracked them for a long time, sort of got a bit pissed off, like shared on the story, made a bit of a joke. Oh, go and get them back. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, and then I sort of thought, well, why don't I align that with marketing? Got chatting to her. She was like, makes a good idea. Let's, let's come up with a plan. I know we'll do. Um, I'll fly over there, take a videographer, film the whole thing, track him down and create an advert for like Apple. If Apple was to hire us, um, that's the sort of thing we come up with. And that was the concept. And we flew there with literally no plan, no idea. Didn't know if I was going to get him back. Um, but yeah, we did. How was that? I mean, how, how, weird. How, how, weird. Yeah. What was weird spirit? No, it's just all weird. It's like, Because like we, I mean, I was in uh, Qatar. Um, I'd never been in Qatar before in my life. Um, I'd rented a car, so I was driving a guitar. I got so many tickets, it's unbelievable. Um, it turns out, yeah, I don't know how to drive a guitar. It's like you're not going back to guitar now. No, like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm not welcome. <laughs> I'm not welcome back in guitar. But um, yeah, no, it was pretty much uh, no, no plan, just uh, an idea, and, and it was weird. And I don't think anyone's ever done it before. So we just started filming, planned it, took a videographer, you know, booked a hotel in a car and just started hunting them down, essentially using the Find My feature. And the concept was to, okay, is, is Apple's Find My feature that strong that I live in the UK, I can fly right around the other side of the world and knock on someone's door to get them back of the person that stole them? Um, and the answer is, yeah, it is. Like, so that was kind of the concept. Um, we didn't know what was going to happen. From the moment we landed, it was just a blag, like, you know, knocking on doors, walking around in like 45 degree heat, trying to find someone's house. You know, I find that there's like seven people in each house. I don't know if I'm gonna get stabbed, robbed, or you know, it was really random. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he had a good good ending. Yeah, what was the guy like who had him? Ah, he was douche. Like, he didn't even say sorry. Like there was like eight guys living in the room and it was obvious who had taken them and no one was saying their name. I was like, right, who was in the marina yesterday? Who was on a boat in the ocean? Like, who lives in this road in Nepal, in the Himalayas? Like, who's, whose parents is this house sort of thing? And, and when I told them like the road name of where he lives in Nepal, I said, I've watched you in the boat yard yesterday and I've been like, I've watched you for years, like all these months. You can see that the panic was sort of spreading <laughs> over around the room and they, and they weren't getting rid of me. And I was like, I'll be here every day knocking on your door. I'll stand outside your house every day until I get these back. And then the last day before I go home, if I haven't got them, I'll tell the airline where this apartment is. I'll share all the information I've got so far and they can find out who it is themselves. Um, and I've gone back because I was just pure pay, like refusing, like a kid. Did it kick, kick off at all, was it? Right. No, no, I think I just caught on by such surprise. I mean, I would be well surprised. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was that weird. I mean, I actually managed to get in their house. So I found a neighbor who knew someone that lived there and I went through all the properties one by one, trying to find the AirPods, like scanning the room. So I think there's a guy from the UK who's flown over with a camera and another guy helping us and we're scanning the room. It was just such a weird situation. I don't think anyone thought about fighting or anything. They were just like, the hell's going on here? Um, and they, you could sort of tell like they knew someone had nicked him and they sort of knew who it was because it was such a guilty air uh, presence in the air. It was weird. But yeah, we got him back and it, um, and then that obviously just went. It's a major traction. Did I get like, do you know how much uh, impressions and stuff that got? I did like a, an estimate using a, a, like some PR software that sort of, you put all the links in there and you put all the headlines that you can find, all the social things and, and all the shares. And it was like a couple of million, it, it reckons there's about a couple of million uh, reach and like, you know, hundreds of thousands of impressions and shares. And the video itself got like, you know, 70,000 on, on, um, 
YouTube and then obviously all the other traction everything, all this press, radio, rah, rah. It was, it blew up massive. A lot of people didn't understand what it was about though. Like a lot of people just thought this guy's wasted all this money, he's gonna get his AirPods back. They didn't consider, well, he's a marketing person that's working in marketing with a marketing agency and he said, I'm making an advert. Like they didn't think about that part. They just went, what a fucking nubhead. Like he's spending two and a half grand and like buy a new pair. Um, but it works. Like off the back of that, we've had, I mean, the last couple of weeks I've been sending out nonstop proposals. I've had some cool brands reach out um, and I'm on to the next thing now. Nice. So you've done the Elton John one as well, didn't you? Yeah, that was another thing. Yeah, I, I actually thought that was Elton John when I saw that. Well, did you? Yeah. So the Elton John thing, same concept. Um, we filmed an advert, but we did it in the midst of chaos. We did it in public and we made people believe Elton John was actually shopping. And um, we got a fake member of Primark staff, fake security. We had like a Bentley and a 4x4 traveling around. And it was just, it was pure carnage. And in the middle of all this chaos was this beautiful little advert that came out of it. And the idea again was to show people how you can be creative and disruptive and unique in marketing. And that the bottom line is most companies right now are not being like that. Any marketing company you reach out to, they'll just recommend, oh, we do ads, we do Facebook, uh, social media, we do this, that, and this. And it's like, okay, cool. That's all the bare minimum that you need to be doing, right? Posting five times a week, getting creative, yeah. creating meals. So if that's all the minimum, then what else can you do to stand out, to, to beat your competition? You know, what else can you can you do to get eyes on your brand? And that's kind of what we do. It's cool, mate. I mean, I've, I'm a big fan of we discussed disruptive marketing. I think I think some of people have a misconception of what disruptive is they I think sometimes they put a negative spin on this mm. like my business partner hates me using the word disruptive it's like oh people think we're like cool up to trouble it's like, no it's not you're just fucking making a stir when yeah. the market's pretty saturated I mean in terms of like because I said there was another company I remember I was trying to get my podcast um it's like offen- I think it was offensive marketing offensive. yeah and I was like some shit they were doing I was like I, I, yeah. I, I, I like that stuff yeah. like I mean, for you guys, who's like the dream? It's open to both of you. Like, who would be like the dream kind of client for you guys to, to work with? Is it retail? Is it professional service? Is it cars? What have you, like, have you ever like dreamed? Like, who would be your dream client? Oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would be. Oh, what a surprise. You, you go first, actually. I don't know. I, I mean, at the moment, we work with a lot of like B2B service based industries and, and people along those lines. But I think I want to get into kind of branding celebrities and maybe like um mps and things like that um i think that's kind of where i want to be going with the branding and stuff but, but we'll see about that needed, yeah i know just my, make it a bit more fun my, mine's just my, mine's the brands that are are really creative like like i said before red right let's think of the coolest adverts as in like red bull grenade gymshark thursday um, First that good, didn't they? I, I do, I do even, like. even Sheila's wheels back in the day would have been yeah. sick to work with. Do you know what I mean? Like anyone that stands for something different and really understands how powerful you can, uh, how powerful marketing can be if you get creative. Because uh, there's uh, my worst type of client is someone who just goes, "Oh, we just want you to run our social ads, and we'll send you the we'll send you the graphics over." And I'm just like, I'll shoot myself in the face before we get this live. Yeah. Um, and it's not slagging it off it's just that's the most it, that's the, the most generic type of marketing everyone's offering I just if I get involved in that I just I'll, I mean I've worked in it for a long time and I've never felt so soulless yeah. as a marketing person you're supposed to be creative excited you're supposed to bounce around ideas like I was in a meeting the other day I got brought in to consult with this with a, with a marketing agency by the yeah. way um, and I, they used to employ me um, uh, and they brought me in to teach their marketing team but in this middle of this uh, this meeting with all these marketing people bouncing around ideas by the time I left we were talking freaking time zombies like fire engines and American police cars and sirens and, and an army and just like that and I walked out and I was just like 
Right. <laughs> I was like, well, how do we go from such reserved marketing to some some creative, in, amazing, um, almost like a stunt, right? Like almost like putting on a show. Um, and and it's, it's because it's just people are restricted by, they, they think they have to act a certain way. So yeah, my dream clients are like, like not even like Red Bulls and Grenade because obviously they already exist. I mean, like, I'm talking like energy drinks and sports brands yeah. and just anyone that's fun as hell. High power. Yeah, fintech is another is an area which them guys are smashing. Like, and to stand out in a, an industry which is so boring, amazing. Um, they're easy though. It's, it's low hanging fruit, isn't it? You don't have to property, by the way. Yeah. Like talking to the guys in Dubai, the stuff we're coming up with for them, it's almost unheard of in your industry. But it's because it's such a straight up and down industry, and only now it's starting to change. Um, you're going to see massive, massive changes in property in the next like two to three years, I reckon. We had a guy in earlier for one of the podcasts, a guy called Tyron, uh, Tyron Ash Real Estate, and he's very much a disruptor in his mm. in his game. Like he's done really well. He had a TV show on Channel Four, and he don't give two shits. He will be he was out of estate agents because mm. I, I agree with how he's doing things. He's doing things well, um, but in property, it's so hard to disrupt. People just don't. Like it, it's the old old white boy status quo. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Have you co- have you guys come up against? Because obviously, cat, you're young, and yeah, you? like you done very well for you, right? Like you're you're very young, and I think when you're young against in a, you know a market where perhaps everyone else is perhaps double your age, generally for you is, is that has that proven difficult to overcome? Or, oh yeah, or is, that, is that an advantage? A little bit of both. So like, when I started out, it was. Like I concealed my age as much as possible. And, you know, people would always ask me and I'd say, oh, you know, you don't ask a lady her age or something like that. And just to try and, you know, cover it up. And because I think, I mean, obviously, naturally, you're going to think that, you know, people with a younger age, they're, you know, they're inexperienced. But I think when it comes to marketing, it's not necessarily experience and years of practice for all areas of marketing. I think sometimes it just takes somebody to think outside of the box. And somebody with less experience actually sometimes gets that done better because they're not sort of they haven't been in this same machine for yeah. years and years. Um, so I have come through, I have come across a lot of challenges, obviously, naturally. Um, but I think now building my personal brand really helps to give me that authoritative view from, you know, potential clients or people within the industry. And I think it's, um, I think it's been more of an advantage now than, than ever. Yeah, agreed. I think having that been a little bit different and embracing what people might consider your weaknesses is so. Mm-hmm. So what, I mean, what about you? Like, what, what would you say? Is there something that perhaps you think maybe society might hold you back from? Like you, we spoke about the Apprentice, didn't we? Which we mm-hmm. won't be going too much on this. But what I respect for you, don't bang on about it. So like, I think because I recognise you from the show. I was like, oh, there he's going Apprentice. Mm-hmm. But like, you don't need you don't need to bring up. Did, did that help or did that hinder? Like. Uh, it helps open some conversations. It's more more of a hindrance than anything. Because yeah. um, I'll be trying to meet someone for a reason to do with work and all they want to do is ask questions about yeah. what time you fucking wake up in the morning on The Apprentice. Like, I just what time was it? I, I'm not answering that question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Like, or is the, do you actually get up that early? Like, is Lord Sugar nice? Like, all that bollocks. It's like, I get it. I like to answer the questions because it's only fair mm. because I've experienced it. I can tell them, but it's I, that's not what I'm here for. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I'm in a meeting with someone, it's like I'm not here for that right now. So it can be a hindrance more more than a than a help. 
Um, it did help in terms of getting people to recognize that I wasn't just... A, so if you'd not known my business side, like what I've been up to in work, you might have only ever seen my social stuff and the crazy stuff I used to get up to. People would assume that that was my personality. They didn't realize it was work-related. It brought the two together quite nicely. People got to see, oh, actually, that's why he does that stuff because he's doing this yeah. over here. Um, it helps with the, um, the agency now because people can see of the progression and the, and the growth from there to there. Um, you mentioned something about that if it ain't broke, don't fix it and that sort of problem. Um, and, and anything you've even, I think I, I think right now, like in every industry, this I'm looking at them all, I'm just amazed at the ones that I sat there going, it's fine, don't touch it, it's fine. Because all you're doing is waiting for someone to come along and just blow your ass out of the water. Yeah. It happens all the time. FinTech right now, for example, everyone that came into FinTech and just started smashing it with like, let's look at things like PayPal, um, Wise, formerly known as whatever the hell they call TransferWise and all those ones. Just come in and just dick everyone else because it's such a traditional industry. They have no no room to move fast enough. They're not quick enough to change, adapt, and evolve to beat these guys. Um, I'm looking at education right now because I've got um, I was having a conversation with some uh, education providers. All the websites in their industry are shit. All the software that they're using are shit. Is is crap. And uh, and I'm just like, it won't be long before someone just comes in and just smashes it with social um, reels, TikToks, rah, 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 and the website's shit hot. And they got a great yeah. portal and they're great at communicating and engaging. You're just gonna be floundering around until they just steal away all your market share. Um, so I, I personally love it when people are like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, because it means there's an opportunity in that space. Yeah. Nice. Um, and it's usually top down, it's usually like old old money that's running the, running the business, running that industry. Law, um, property, um, trying to think of another one. Yeah, <laughs> it's like medical, dental, mm-hmm. uh, education, and, and they just sort of try and hold on to a time past you know, they'd much rather send out a letter than uh, than than actually do uh, any type of social campaign. And, and there's so much opportunity in those spaces. I think it was an interesting one, actually, you brought up, mm-hmm. actually, because there's a, 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 a company that springs to mind that have done really well because they have tried to be a little bit more out there with the market. And like, yeah, obviously Invisalign. Yeah, well, that's a perfect example. Yeah, and then there's that, what, was it Smile, High Smile UK, or whatever it's yeah, called? Smile Direct, 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 Smile Direct, whatever it's called. Smile, Smile Direct. Yeah, they've done, like, they've done well because they've actually given it, yeah. given it a bit of a pun. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. I was interested to hear your thoughts on on said geezer, but Mr. Andrew Tate, right? What we're talking. Oh yeah. So I don't particularly like the bloke, but I have but to I, I have to respect what he's done. He's <laughs> he had a fucking plan. He set out. He fucking done it. Mm. He's fucking clever. Disrupted. I mean, he could be more of a disruptor. What's your what's your what's your, obviously from from a personal brand perspective and from a marketeering perspective? What are your kind of views on him? Mm-hmm. Uh, my my views on. So you mentioned offended before and they specialize in offending people. Well, that's their thing, isn't it? And they want to create offensive stuff because it gets engagement, it gets eyes on your brand. People pick a side, your demographics stick with it. Therefore, it's a success. I don't think it particularly takes skill to offend people. Like anyone can say any old shit and offend them. Now, obviously what they do is the, the offended guys do it in a, in a way that's marketing related. What he's done is he's just offending people for the sake of offending people, saying shit for the sake of saying shit. And he's built an audience, but I just don't see longevity. Because I see it like a novelty right now. It's going to have this really novel thing. Loads of people jump on board uh, and then it's just going to fade into obscurity. Um, who's that woman on The Apprentice that used to say loads of nasty shit? She built oh. up around off the back of it. Not Katie Price. Um, what was she called? Dead racist, dead homophobic. Oh, Katie Hopkins. Correct. Perfect example, right? So Katie Hopkins. Really novel. Loads of really, really slow people backed her up and just did all this stupid shit. And that was her brand, right? Slowly but surely, she gets the, like, she, not deplatformed, but she just fades off into obscurity and becomes nothingness. So the longevity isn't there because it's not a real brand. 
saying shit to offend people is not creating a brand. It's not creating, uh, it's not exuding your values. Well, I guess it is, but they're all negative. Then how can people stick by it? Um, and moments pan times pass. So I just, I don't, I don't think, I think it's great for engagement now and generating hype. I just don't think it's a way to, I mean, he'll make loads of money in the meantime, Yeah. but it, I mean, that's his aim. Cool. But I wouldn't want to be known as that dickhead that did that thing, you know, 10 years ago. It's not later. the way you want to make money, is it? Yeah. Nah. What about you, Kat? Well, if he came to you to give you a personal brand, what would you say to him? Oh, <laughs> I don't know what I'd do with that. Turn him down. I, I think there's a lot that, there's, there's a lot to work with there. So, like, obviously, I, well, I totally agree with your opinion because we've talked about this before, but like that long term, what he's doing right now isn't going to be beneficial and scalable long term. But there are things that now that he's out there, maybe he can capitalize on to continue that sort of success on. Um, I mean, I don't know what I would personally do with that. I, I kind of like to stick to more the, the positive side of things rather than uh, offending people. But like you said, it doesn't take much skill to offend people. I think if we could sit here for half an hour and say really offensive things and blow up on TikTok quite quickly, um, but it's not going to be scalable. So from a branding point of view, I think, no, I wouldn't take him on. Um, but there are things that he could then capitalize on. Uh, he could then go and partner with like, I don't know, an energy drinks brand or something like that to sponsor him. And then he could start running adverts with them, for example, and he could just do random stuff that he gets affiliated with those brands yeah. and then long-term scale in that capacity. So I think that like, whilst it isn't scalable with, with that side of things, there are other things you could be doing to, to maximize that. Interesting. I remember he said, um, like, I, find it, I find it fascinating. I'm just like, I've been watching more of his stuff. Yeah, really? and, uh, the way he built up, he knew he was going to get banned. He knew he was going to do that. So yeah. he could set up his own, so the only way he could get it is to pay for it. I was just, in my head, it was like, that's pretty smart. Like, but the only reason you see, like, they asked him, like, how, why, how can you keep being like this? Like, how do you feel safe enough to keep saying this? It's like, I've always got my brother. And that was his fullback. He, him, they're so, him and his brother are so close. I think he'll be, a, I think he'll be like a module in market in the future, the bloke, because it's the way, <laughs> how it's divided society, how there's people now that are, like young lads who will actively be supporting him. There'll be girls that wouldn't go on a date with someone if they were following Andrew Tate. Like it's, it's such a divisive character. I don't give a half the shit he says. Um, but I, I, I somewhat weirdly respect how he's done it in fact he had a, he had a game plan and he's, he's done exactly what he's going to do and I've seen that there's more people now trying to imitate him really? by coming out of this like chauvinistic misogynistic viewpoints and you've probably seen it like I think it's called like first man vids or something it's his geezer and he's like this ball bloke he's saying like, how attractive he is and he's like I just love going to the gym with like big girthy dick I'm like mate what the fuck are you talking about mate and they're getting like 30 40,000 likes on these videos and I was just like I, I just I don't know it, I find it fascinating how the youth of today are, are moulded by these kind of because there's a point you couldn't go you couldn't go down your for you like for you page on, on TikTok without seeing Andrew Tate in some form or another for some pyramid scheme so I think I think that's what's most dangerous about it is is I mean, I've obviously looked at the Hustlers University and the shit that he's talking about and the stuff that they're teaching people. Some of it's good, some of it's really awful. Like, for example, marketing-wise, like um, you can put yourself out there as a copywriter and then you can go and find a copywriter to do the job and, and you can pretend you're doing it. It's like just way too close to scamming. Well, it is scamming a lot of it, but it's way too close to scamming. And these young ones are so stupid, they'll just pay for anything. Yeah. Um, 
But there are interesting. There's some stuff that he says in business that is actually interesting and actually makes sense. But then, he, but then it's the chauvinistic fucking narcissism that's a bit a bit too much bollocks. Like I think to build like, like long term, like you said, you can get affiliated brands. What sort of brand is going to touch you with a barge pole? Because you wouldn't know what he's going to say next. Like the only thing that I mean, maybe I can't even think of a brand that would. Isn't one. I don't think there is one. Defended marketing. No, I don't think it would because he's, I don't know. he's just he's just been a dick. For he's been on a lot of podcasts recently, so places more, are having him. Yeah, but more 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 of those podcasts like young YouTubers, and they're all sort of just like in awe of the shit they say. Yeah, but they get slated off. He went on that Logan Paul's podcast, didn't he? And got they were just slating him after. Yeah, I, th- I feel like they put him on there because they know they get views because they know people are going to slag him off. Yeah, so that's why he's getting the platform. I don't know. I just don't think he's very clever. I don't think he's very clever to sit there. And anyone can you can do you can get loads of attention by doing something really negative. Like it doesn't. You can do whatever. You go. I can go drive outside, drive my car into a wall, get my dick out, and run through London. I'm pretty sure I'd be in the press tomorrow. Yeah. But the point is, is it is it long term? Long. Where's longevity in that? Like everyone's gonna think I'm a, a moron. Like it's nonsensical. It's it's against um, social norms, and I don't know. I just feel like it's just too far, too far over. But yeah, I'll continue for a few years. I imagine. Yeah. Same, same as Katie Hopkins again said the dumbest shit I've ever heard anyone actually open their mouth and say. Um, yeah. and over time again it's faded into obscurity but in the meantime she probably made a lot of money yeah and there'll be more and more that comes through yeah, yeah. people are trying to replicate I do one thing that does annoy me though is when they uh, like things get cancelled that does wind me up I do think like people should be able to say what they want if you want to watch them watch them but like the cancelling is what gives him his platform the more they cancel him there's like have you seen that HS Tiki Toki yeah yeah he's like it keeps getting cancelled Geezer's now driving around fucking I mean whether or not it's sustainable it's not at all but like the more you cancel these people, the more it like gives them a platform, gives them a, a pedestal to fucking say, oh, they're trying to cancel me, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I digress. We've gone about ages about that. So disruptive marketing. Those guys, by the way, are so slow. You actually watch them talk. Well, well yeah, they're not the brightest. I know, they're, they're, I've seen Dim, right? They're, like they're, they're, If you want to see an example of Dim, just like watch them try and construct a sentence and you can hear the cogs turning. And he does make me laugh. Like, he shouldn't make me laugh, but it's like, he does make me laugh. That hate, the way he, he's so retarded. He's so retarded. He's like, you know, he does those like Instagram, those TikTok lives. And he's just like, oh, hold my, hold my wood. I'm like, fucking hell, mate. It's embarrassing. It's so like, so, oh, 18 mate. I was like, but I, I don't know, I'm just laughing at him. But um, it's, again, it's funny, short term, but long term. Yeah. Like, there's, where's the long term? He's going to, I mean, well, they might make cash right now, which is great for them. But I mean, really. I don't think long term, do they? They don't. I don't, I know, yeah. No, I don't. I don't think long term. These kids don't think long term. I just think short term. It's, it's just, I think that's the society. Them, them two are just hilarious to watch. Like, it's like watching Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Right? Mm. I feel but, like I haven't seen what you're talking about. These yet. two little nuggets, and they just like go around trying to chat with girls and like. Oh. Yeah. Basically. Like, oh, Huge fan base, yeah. Like fourteen to eight, eighteen. Maybe the majority of followers, I think, I just follow them because it's funny to watch them be so stupid. Yeah, um, which I think the same thing. Andrew say. I think the majority follow them because it's funny to watch them say shit like, like you, you just know it was not right. Yeah, they're getting the point now where they're getting paid to have like boxing matches with like other TikTokers. It's bonkers. But um, but yeah, I mean TikTok. I mean, one thing you about TikTok, I'm like here to get your views. Obviously, this podcast first. This is the first season. Like this is the fourth season, but it's the first season we're actually going to run videos on it. So it's the first time we've done that. Try and go down the the kind of TikTok algorithm route. Try and pump up. Um, where do you think, in terms of platforms, now is the most prolific place to spend your marketing time? Obviously, I know you're very LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn, TikTok, and YouTube. YouTube, mm-hmm. no more Insta. 
Mm, I mean, you can still spend some time there maybe repurposing, but I'd say those are the three you want to focus heavily on. You've got YouTube shorts as well, haven't you? Yeah, that, that's a big one. I've gone, I've gone LinkedIn, YouTube, and Reels is good, but I, I, it's a pain in the ass. Um, TikTok's fun, but it's, I mean, that's it. It's fun. It's very hard to use it for business at the moment. Yeah. Like you, you'd have to just be having fun as, as a business, having fun to create stuff. You can't really be like buying my products sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it's great for that sort of stuff. But then the problem is you've got to try and match the videos that are trending to whatever content you want to create. For example, if you say this podcast and cut it up and put it on there, it probably won't do well. Yeah. You need to have you need to have a list of all the tracks that are tr- the trends or whatever that's happening. Go, okay, we can, this is about corn. How can we do this one about corn? And then you film it specifically for that. And then you repurpose that for, for reels. It'll do well twice over. But if you try and put content that's not made not meant for that specifically into it, it doesn't seem to work at all. Yeah. Um, the content you think is really good gets fuck all, and then content's a bit shit ends up doing quite well. And just the way that I spent a good year and a half playing with it, and then after a while, I stopped. I was like, I'm so fed up of just doing funny old shit for the sake of it. Like I don't care if it gives me likes, follows, or reach. It's not the right sort of attention. It's not bringing me business. Yeah. Whereas YouTube, for example, I'll share a vlog about uh, an advert that I've made and that'll get me direct leads coming into the business. So if, you, if it's for a business purpose or you're, as a person, trying to drive yourself, like, you know, get leads in or whatever, it all has to marry up. But TikTok and Reels has to be kind of created for it. You can't just repurpose content and stick it in there. It doesn't seem to work like that. Um, YouTube is great, though. I, I'm, I'm doubling down on YouTube for going into 2023. What's your kind of optimum in that video then? 10, 10 minutes. 10 minutes. I'd say 11 actually I must admit I don't know if I likes him but the production quality at Logan Paul's YouTube are phenomenal it's got two people someone films it because yeah. obviously the guys that you watched, all, you watched that 99 original stuff where he made so he done like 99 photos and turned them all into NFTs um, but the production quality is fucking second to none on YouTube I don't think anyone comes close to the, the quality but um yeah, I think you're right. I think YouTube is probably the way to. And the YouTube shorts will be interesting to see how that mm, takes yeah. off. Because that's what that Gary, that, I can't even say his name, Gary. Gary V, yeah, yeah, Gary. That's that. when, when YouTube first <laughs> came out, it was very much get a camera, talk to the camera and vlog, and then you would vlog your day to day and it would get attention because no one was doing it. Now it's very much tell, tell a story, and a lot of that is the editing and the quality of the filming and the camera that you're using and the mics. Because everyone now has access to a decent camera with a decent mic, um, and some of the times they have a friend helping them, like yeah. decent editing software. You know, we're, we're 10, 15 years past when it first came out. So I think it's going to come back full circle. I think that people are going to be going hard on YouTube. I personally will be. Um, I was going to call earlier on about this, actually. TikTok, I really don't really give a shit about that. I enjoy it, but apart from that, I don't, I don't like it that much. I mean, I enjoy it as a platform, but it's for business. I just don't know how how much time I can really give it to be filming yeah. specific TikToks for work. I'd rather create something. It's time to even build the videos on TikTok, and it even just... that's it. It all comes down to time. And for me, it's like I'm not a massive company, so I have the dedicated time. But if you've got a big business, for sure, get someone doing TikToks and Reels, just that, and then get someone um, doing your. You, we'll get the same people doing YouTube stuff, but like just make sure you film stuff separate for Reels and TikTok because it works certainly. LinkedIn is is a massive one. Um, I've noticed a bit of slow. It slowed down a little bit the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. It was flying and they slowed down. They started announcing this creative program. So they're going to go hard on videos soon, I think. Yeah, All there's right. a lot of changes. I'm going into the HQ tomorrow. What's what? Going into the HQ tomorrow. So oh, I have a lot of content for you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How's that come about? Oh, I'm just, well, I'm one of their creators. So um, I have a creator manager there and they invited me in. So, oh, cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Find yeah. out about video. I think they're going to go hard on video. I, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's they're going to go hard, hard, but they might prioritise it a bit more because I don't think they really cared about video until recently. I find the algorithms on LinkedIn really hard to understand in terms of there were some posts that I'll put up which are, I think, pretty shit and they will go really well. And there's some that will have videos and all that, and they do crap. Yeah. I never, I, I don't know, I really struggle to understand yeah. the algorithms on LinkedIn. I know you know more about this. I, from my opinion, is LinkedIn's algorithm is outdated at the moment, mm-hmm. and their work is like, I feel like they don't push video as much, and they don't, I mean, images do well, but then like links in posts and stuff like that. Yeah, because like, like, it's taking off the platform, mm-hmm. so they don't want to take people off the platform, so they deprioritize it. There's lots of like common sense things that you can figure out, but then there's stuff like the video. Videos really should be doing well. Yeah. And the quality of videos on LinkedIn is shit. Yeah. It's like 50 year old people. So I feel like if we done, say, like we posted about this, or I posted about this, and I put a video of us free chatting, compare it to a photo of us free chatting, I think yeah. the photo yeah. I would do oh, yeah. a hell of a lot more, which is peculiar. It's a good point. But yeah, I, think, I, think, <laughs> I think that's changing. I think that's what they're planning. Well, I don't when, think they're going to change it that much. Well, I feel like it's nice to have a platform where they're not prioritising video all the time. Well, they put a call out, didn't they? And they started saying, apply for this creator platform. And I read about mm. it and it was kind of like they were wanting small content creators to come across, well, content creators, sorry, to come onto their platform and create content. And they were paying people to do it, but most of the content creators are video creators. So I can't see how they're not going to go heavy. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised if there was like a, a LinkedIn sort of Reels version of Reels mm. on there. I mean, they tried stories. That was shit. I kind of, it was bad, but actually I think it's nice to have like a glimpse into somebody's life to kind of add that extra personal touch when you're building a personal brand. I kind of want them to bring it back. It'd be good for you, but I think people on LinkedIn, 99% of them are introvert. They're not, they're not extroverts, which is great for anyone that is extrovert because you're fucking sky high. Yeah. I think one thing that you should be wary about is that a lot of the younger ones like 18 to 25 are figuring out LinkedIn's a great place to be and they're all bringing over great content and they're all extrovert and they're all noisy and they're all talking a certain way and they're all, and then just drowning everyone that's not like you said yeah. the so like what's happening now is you're either being forced to evolve and change with the times or you're going to just be drowned out yeah. by noise and, it's, and I think that's important for most people who are you know remember a time before the internet they have to be evolving and change. Like you said, you, the guy who was the founder or whatever, who was nervous about, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, okay, don't fix it. And then watch yeah. yourself just get shit all over by everyone else. Like who's gonna stop a 20 year old coming in, who's a new estate agent, um, great content, got a mate with a video camera, mics himself up, goes out, great quality editing videos, puts them on YouTube, comes on, puts photos and graphics, sends everyone on to YouTube. It's gonna shit all over a big estate yeah. agent because the, and that's just one kid and, and there's loads of them come in in every single industry. Um, like you said, dentist. I even saw a great dentist creating content the other day. Really? Um, yeah, and he get, he gets slated by the uh, whoever they're admin admin by. No, whoever they associate. Yeah. Whatever you know, like you know they're, the dentist. What, what are looking for? Regulators, no. Yeah, regulators. So like the regulators that they're signed up with were slating them, saying you can't post that sort of stuff on Instagram, etc. And they're like, well, why? I'm raising awareness of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's coming. It's coming fast. So. <laughs> Like I, my recommendation to people is just don't wait and don't sit there and wait for it to someone else to come and sweep across yeah. and take all your your market share. Because as far as a digital environment is, like I feel like once you it's prime real estate. Once you get it, that is that is a lot of the market share. Because as far as anyone's concerned, that's they own that space. Whether it's offline, whether you've got fifty five thousand you know stores in the UK online, if you look like you're a small um, player, you just naturally are perceived as that. Yeah. I think a lot of people struggle to see the value in it and like how it's going to affect their business. It's your short window. You see, I think a lot of, I've had to convince my business partners on the ROI of 
Like we've literally just hired a social media content creator purely to do videos to make good content. It's a real struggle to get them to. Yeah. Like, well, we spend two grand a month. What are we getting for that? And I was like, well, you're going to get all the videos that ultimately are going to generate you more leads because people are going to want to work with us. If it, even if it's fucking smoke and mirrors, even if we look like a hundred person company, but we're only 10, it's, it's that illusion. And people yeah. will, the shop window is such a, I think you've got a problem as well that a lot of, so this is the issue that I've just faced with the guys in Dubai, their real estate business and their owner. Yeah, we love all this idea. They want to create this luxury sort of premium brand and they want to brand it all a certain way, etc. And he went, no, oh, we'll just get my mate as a videographer to do it for us. I'm like, no, oh, it'd be great with the camera, but anything outside of that box, it's not his remit. Like he'll do what he's told. He'll film it amazingly. But to get a videographer to come in and go, right, we want you to create content and it's, it's, it's a different yeah. skill set. There is a completely different skill set. The person that comes up with the ideas um, usually works with someone who you know manages social and creates content and they work as a team. Um, and I think a lot of videographers right now are going, yeah, I'll do it for you. And then the problem is they're still creating the same old shit because they're not the ideas person. They've only been, you know, they've been, uh, what's it called, um, created and crafted through their previous experience, which has always been the same thing. So yeah, it's hard right now for people to go, who am I supposed to work with? Who should I reach out to? Who should be in this team? Yeah. Do you find it hard to, you mentioned the Dubai luxury brand and, and obviously your marketing is on the disruptive side. Do you guys, both from both of you, find it hard sometimes when they're perhaps curtailing what your natural skill set could do for them by their demands? Is that sometimes quite tricky? Like I can imagine the Dubai estate agency have limits on what, how they can push or... Were you, would you ever turn, actually turn away someone if they were, didn't fit your... That was what answer was going to be. Oh. I just said start saying no to people because what's the point? Yeah. Like, all that's going to happen is you're going to be restricted beyond restricted and then they're going to go, where's the ROI? And you're going to be yeah. like, I don't know, you shit all over that idea. So there's no point even trying to work with... Like, I, I said to you, was you I was, I said, I've stopped changing people's minds. Was it yeah. You? It was you. I've just stopped changing people's minds because let, let them have their perceptions and ideas and let them think what they want to think if you're looking to grow and you're looking to be different cool if you're if i'm going to be fighting against you every single crossroad i'd just rather not work with you i'd yeah. rather work with the brand that's going to shit all over yours nice. um, mm. I, I think the difficulty is that a lot of business owners think that they know enough about marketing to be able to direct it all whereas it's like it's you know the the saying is supposed to uh, play to your strengths and outsource your weaknesses i feel like a lot of business owners don't do that and they think oh yeah we can just get we can just do what everybody else is doing and like just that'll that'll be okay for now and they don't think to hire somebody to actively market their business in a way that's different because marketing is all about marketing your usps and like something that's different about your business right but everybody just does it in the same way so i think I would, yeah, I've turned away a lot of business because of that. Like a lot of people have come to me and been trying to ask me to come down on price or to um, show me, uh, I don't know, show them some sort of ROI that I could give them in one month or something. They want to do a month's trial. And I'm thinking that's not how we're going to build a long-term sustainable brand. So already, if, they, if they're if they asking those sorts of questions, that's when I'll say, look, I don't think we're, the, we're in agreement here. Price is a big one. When they start chipping at price, I'm like... So right. all we're doing... Know value, you've got no value. Well, it's not, it's not even that. It's not even... I just know what things cost. I know what a good web developer costs. I know what a good... It's like, all that means is every time you chip price, I go, okay, cool, I'll just get someone shitter to do it. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it, it's just beyond me because they're going, well, I'm comparing it to this price. It's like, okay, cool. Let's talk about the background of this company over here and the person that's running it, like, where have they come from? What do they know about marketing? Because you know, this is what I was talking about before, about kids coming in and they're yeah. just going, oh, I could be a marketing agency and they're... they're 
they're quoting a website for like 500 quid. It's like, oh, yeah, but they're just going to give someone in India 400 quid to make it and it's going to be dog shit and it's going to break and it's going to have all these issues. It's probably going to be the same as everyone else's. And then they're going to make 100 quid profit and move on because they don't understand marketing um, and they don't understand what good looks like. So like price is a big one for me right now. Like I just I'm, I just refuse to, to cut corners. It's really hard to price in your set size. For, for me now... I would, I mean, obviously I'd, I'd worked eight years before I went on my own, two years on my own. And I feel like I've got to a point where I know what good costs, a cost of good, I, off the top of my head, if someone asked me what some of the costs I'm going, it's going to be this, 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 and this. Because I know the prices of all the people I, I think would be shit hot, really good for that brand, rah, rah, rah. And I'd change um, the people that I work with depending on uh, the brand itself. You know, someone could be shit hot at e-commerce, but they're not going to be great when it comes to working with uh, a property brands, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I just, I've just stopped trying to, do it for cheap because all that means is it always it always turns out crap. Yeah, there's that point. You know when you first start a company up and it's that take everything. You want to win every single bit of work and you. I've I've been guilty. I've taken the I don't know if I'm doing it. And it's uh, but I've only reached. It's only after my fifth year that I've come to terms with the fact that Cole, you do sometimes have to turn it away. But it's fucking hard. I, I've I've <laughs> I've just stopped. I've just so I, I would take anything that came my way when I first started because I need to pay the bills. Now I'm just like I would rather my name not be on that project mm-hmm. because yeah. I know it's going to come across crap. Like there's some stuff like, you know, websites, for example, we built websites when we first started. I'm embarrassed of them because they're that poor, uh, but they're not, as far as the client's concerned, they're the best thing they've ever seen. And I thought it was great back then, but now I've seen, now, now I've got what good is. Yeah. Like, and it's something I'll show off and have a look how amazing this is kind of thing. Um, I can't do that with the earliest, earlier work. And I'd been in engine, I'd been in marketing for eight years at that point. So yeah. imagine what someone who doesn't know anything about marketing, trying to guide marketing, um, would come up with. Yeah, it's one of those sectors, it's so hard because people, like you say, people think they know what looks good. And I hate when you go on a website and it's fucking shit. Mm. And they're a massive company and they've obviously got money to spend and the website's just not ironical. It's like t- TikTokers, though, they might have like a, a million followers. I know a few of these people now have got a million followers and they'll they'll put themselves out there as, um, I'm a social media um, consultant, right? And they'll come in and they'll, their TikTok might have millions of followers because they used to, I don't know, uh, do videos where they wear a hat and scream in public or say random shit to people on a train and it's just funny and it's the same thing over and over again they eventually get some massive following that, that's such an example of a real person um, and then if you was going to a business and try and consult on marketing you have no idea about anything the underlying principles behind anything the logic the rationale the reason so you might just go we'll do these videos and those videos might actually get a bit of attention to be fair but but it doesn't mean that you know anything about marketing. So you can't be positioning yourself as a consultant. You can grow any, you can grow a TikTok brand. I've seen a brand on TikTok, I've got a couple million followers and the guy just mixes paint. Do you know what I mean? Does it mean that he's a cons- he should be classed as a marketing genius or is it just he, he creates some calming videos of people mixing paint? It's, it's really hit and miss. Have you seen that guy that just does react like awkward reactions to yes. And he's got five million followers. Mental, isn't it? Well, the one, that, the, the one that's the most followed person on TikTok, what's his name? Is he you got boss model now? Who's he called boss? Mm. He's, from, he's from like Africa and he just pulls a funny. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Oh, I like the guy. He doesn't say anything, does he? And he's silent. I might but, be wrong. But he's yeah. like really well paid. So, but the point is, if he was going to consult for a brand, yeah. would you take his advice? But I wouldn't because no. his videos are just predominantly just funny and, and entertaining, which is great. But you wouldn't consult him for anything marketing related, even if he has built a massive following. Yeah. And that's where people are getting a bit mixed up right now. Mm. That a brand will listen to someone because they've got a large amount of followers. A young person will think they can do marketing because they've got a large amount of followers. It's not. It's not the same thing. It, you've created content in a certain niche and got attention. Yeah, but does that transfer and give you the authority to tell the brands what they should do? Probably not. Um, I had an argument with someone like this. They went, well, where's your 500,000 followers? And I was like, 
well, I, this was off a girl who spins around does hoops, um, hula hooping. I was like, well, I'm not a fucking hula hooper. So yeah. like, that's what you built your thinking. But she was trying to give advice to a business about their marketing. The business was a clothing brand. I'm like... So businesses actually all take and tell on Steve. Yeah, because them. they're getting mixed up. They're going, oh, well, they've got they massive just, followers. Yeah, I just, they, they, the they, they know what they're talking about because they're a TikTok special, they're specialists. But it's not. It's just they've got, got a niche, created some content, got some traction, and it's worked nicely with the algorithm and they've built a following. But that person could be thick as pig shit, take HS TikToky. Mm. Like those two have got millions of followers. But past that point, I wouldn't trust them to cook it, bake a cake. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They'd That's probably fine. stick their dick in it. He probably would, yeah. He would stick his dick in a cake. Must be tourist sponge. You have no idea who this big lad yeah. but then, if you saw him you'd be like oh he would stick a dick in a cake yeah, he, would, he would definitely he would. he's a very horny young man that kid he needs some help <laughs> um, two more questions for you guys um, random question completely off topic but I've been asking everyone this what's your favourite bag of crisps as in brand or no, flavour if you buy a pack of crisps what are you buying um, that's some weird ones it depends ones. on my mood no, what's your cellular I like a what's it but I'll stick it in it do you not just have like one thing you eat everywhere? Like I have the same meal I have KFC, same from McDonald's, same from Burger King, same packet of crisps. I just don't really eat crisps. Oh, I ate some bites earlier. Some bite, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you say that, you're very sun bite. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do start this. No, no, uh, yeah. bank, some address and like, somebody, <laughs> I said that she was like, do you know what? I didn't say it on my own, but me and my friend said that she looks like the sort of girl that played trombone in school. Do you know what I mean? You, can see you it, actually right? said clarinet, Cla- but no, yeah. I said trumpet. Yeah. Trump, <laughs> and then it came under She's not letting it drop. She just went, oh, band camp. Excuse <laughs> me, I'm not letting it drop because he actually keeps calling me band camp now. No, but yeah, it's easier. It's, it's easier. It's better than the other nickname. What? <laughs> <laughs> I call him Filch's cat because cat <laughs> Philp, and then Filch's cat of Harry Potter. So Filch has a cat. And, oh, fine. And, and then I said it in an interview. I was like, oh, you should ask Filch. <laughs> like, who's Filch? I was like, Philps. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Um, chili heat wave Doritos. Oh, yeah, nice. Great crisps. Yeah. Great crisps. I just get the same thing. Cheetos, the wraparound Cheetos are hot. What are they called? Cheetos? Yeah, but no, the spirally ones. And uh, I know the ones you made. Yeah, that's all I eat. Is that okay? That's it. What's your McDonald's saying? Uh, I get a double quarter pounder burger and I get a fillet of fish burger on its own. Yeah, fillet of fish because it's like, it's about childhood. You're mixing the two together. I know, it's weird. That's rogue, mate. Beef. That's rogue. I should try them together on the same bun, actually. I've never tried that. I can't imagine you get McDonald's, do you? You can't? No. Cat. Oh, me? Oh. Um, yeah. I don't really. Um, I'm more of a rice box from KFC kind of guy. Oh, I yeah. But a wrap, maybe, like a chicken wrap. Nice. Mm-hmm. I really saw a girl that goes there and complains about the ice cream machine. <laughs> Like you go there to ask for a smarties before you just kick off and be like, fucking knew it. You know I don't kick off to people. There's a lot of times. Get a smarties before let me guess, it's broken. <laughs> I don't do that, thank you very much, darling. <laughs> I don't know, I'm a bad day, I go, but I'll just kick off. Oh, that's what you said Take about it. Because you stuff. actually do it. Yeah. Uh, disruptor is finished. Disruptive by nature, mm. disruptive by nature. Ge- no, do you know what it is? Generally weird. Generally. I feel sometimes I'm really weird. I'm like, I've got this idea and I'll tell you someone and then by the end of it, the person's like, Looking at me, I'm thinking, that was a bit too weird, maybe. And I'm like, What's the weirdest thing you've done? Uh, the weirdest thing was... Sorry, open a can of worms in this one, but... No, the weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest thing was when I was a kid, we... When I was a kid, when I worked abroad, we managed to make everyone in the world... It was in the press, this was another viral story. Um, but it was before marketing, you know, it was when I was working abroad as a rep, and I'd somehow managed to make everyone believe that I went to Syria by accident. 
on a dolphin boat watching party. And the story, if you read it, I'd obviously been drunk at the time when the press rang me and somehow, I'd, it started off as a joke, right? Was this, in the, was this actual news? Yeah. I remember this story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the story went like, uh, we made a joke between our friends. We were all really hungover and we went, let's hide for the day and pretend that last night we got on the wrong boat on a boat party this morning and then we went to Syria. Because Syria was, I mean, it looked on a map close. It was nowhere near. And people might believe it because it was all this ongoing joke about how close it was and how you might get like on the wrong boat. So we did. And then sort of someone in the resort must have had a brother who works at Lad Bible or something told them. Lad Bible immediately ran the story about these absolute idiots. And they were like, we don't believe you though. Uh, pictures already doesn't happen. Didn't happen. So me and my mates are still hiding in the resort this time and then it's next day and we're getting drunk again. So we go down to the beach, take pictures next to the stupid boat and like pretend that we were lost in Syria. I don't know what Syria looks like, but we made yeah. it look like Syria. Um, and then they, they ran the story. Then it was in the mail, the mirror, the daily, TV, like Good Morning Britain, like everywhere. Like every single news station in every single country was running the story, even in Syria, interestingly. And reports were that in Syria, they'd gone to the beach to try and find us. Like we got, and because I was drunk when the press rang me for the real story, I said we was on a dolphin watching tour. Um, and then if you read my actual quote is like, we was on a fucking dolphin watch tour and we fucking lost signal and I couldn't fucking, I kept saying fucking over and over again. And I lost Wi-Fi and I knew something was wrong. And then we asked the guy, he doesn't speak English. Next thing you know, we're in a military base in, in, in Syria. And we sort of Googled where the, the, the place we could have landed was Tartus. It was a Russian military base. It was like too easy. So we're like, okay, the Russians picked us up. We got interrogated and then we, we got told we'll get sent back in the morning and, and it was such a stupid story and that it was so like you'd have to be really weird to come up with it that everyone just assumed it was true so we had like the military come down to Ayanapa to try and find us um, we'd heard that they'd literally it'd gone through government like because three British lads in a war zone and picked up by Russians it was like their worst nightmare um, so we'd got word that they'd it'd gone to like government and then they told the military base to send down the captain or whatever he was to come and find us he found us thought we were actually morons um, but like yeah the phone call my mum like you're on TV right now are you in Syria and I was like, yeah. I was like, don't be so serious. <laughs> I think that was funny. But that, that was probably the weirdest thing I've ever done. That was the first taste I'd had of um, coming up with a creative idea and running with it and just seeing, just sort of pulling a thread and just seeing how weird shit got. Um, and ever since then, I was like, well, this is, like, I was like, no one ever in my entire life is going to do anything like that. But I've done it. Like, I did this really weird thing. And it's like, it was, I wasn't like I was proud of it. It was just pull this thread and see where it led. And drag other guys in on it I was not expecting that as an answer but you remember the story right? I do remember the story yeah it was like 2016 and I'd taken a break from work and I'd gone one more season abroad and yeah that's probably the weirdest thing I've ever done nice yeah but that's before I started applying that creativity to actual work like if you apply things like you know the way your weird mind works or whatever or your, your uniqueness to your actual business it's really strong, it's really powerful because I know you can't copy me because you'd have to be an absolute fucking moron to copy most stuff I do. Um, and therefore that's my strong suit. So trying to take my, what would be my greatest weakness and make it my greatest strength. My inability not to press the red button if they say don't press this or if it says dry paint, I'm gonna go like this, Joe. That sort of stuff. Fair fucks, mate. Fair fucks. Hopefully it works out. Or yeah, well, expect I'll be that, sucking yeah, dick yeah, in the park yeah. for 20p again. Nothing wrong with that, mate. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. 20p is cheap. Just clarify, yeah. it was 25p. Yeah. <laughs> and on that bombshell, yeah. I feel like, like I, I just wrapped this up. That wasn't true, that was a joke. <laughs> That's going to be the sound part. <laughs> 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 I, 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 I wrote that on LinkedIn and someone cracked up at that. Um, last question. Um, so we come back in five years' time and I'm, I'm like, how's the last five years been? 
and it's been a success for you guys. What's that look like? Hmm. It's a good question. I feel like I will have sold the agency by then. Sold it? Fair fucks. Yeah, I think that'll be... And I'll pivot it on something else. Yeah. Nice use there. <laughs> Some company called Seesaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I probably will be doing, I want to get into tech and build an app and like some sort of SaaS business. Um, I've got something coming up, Young Accelerator. So that's something I'm kind of looking to break into is the youth space. Um, and then um, kind of, I don't want to say, I don't, I don't quite know what the word is, but I want to get somehow into politics as well. Okay. I feel like there's a lot of things that could, uh, could be changed and improved in the world and everything. I can so, see that. Yeah. So. <laughs> you can see yeah. that. What? Because I have some bike crisps and I, uh, what was the other one? Is that like? It's common. I have a few crazy thoughts as well. I'm not just a little uh, vanilla ice cream. But Nothing wrong with vanilla ice cream. Mint it's good chocolate chip over here. It's one of the most dangerous ice creams out there. Most people die from vanilla ice cream poison. I don't know, I was making a show now. Yeah. <laughs> I was assuming that more people have died from choking up in their ice cream, though. It sounds about right. Oh, right? yeah, you, if, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. So, yeah, danger. What about you, mate? Uh, well, you know what's going to happen if it goes wrong. Um, <laughs> but if it goes right, I think it, I'd like to be uh, interested in involved in property. I've been doing a lot of reading recently. Um, so I'm going to start dipping my toe and just fucking show up in that space. Oh, nice. Um, and travel. Uh, I've got a travel company about to go. Uh, we've got all the licenses now and there's nothing really stopping us. I'm just waiting for something to come to the post. It's like the atoll thing. I, you know what? It's just really worrying that I own a travel company now and I don't understand what I own, like what the things are. Oh, but we've got all the accreditations that we need yeah. and the company think I know what I'm doing. So hopefully they don't hear this. But um, Cut the bell, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, like the travel company will be going. Um that that's gonna be one of my more exciting ventures. Um I don't know how I hustle, I'm really in two minds about it. Like as in I, I know what I want it to do, I don't know where I can see it going, but it's just where the brands we get the big enough clients to make it massive. Like it could just be just like a fleeting flash in the pan, but I hope that it gets picked up by some interesting companies and we really start creating some amazing stuff. It might do, mate. I think you should build your I want people to be going. like, I want people to just be like, that's a hustle campaign. Yeah. Like, you know, like Lewis Capaldi recently, yeah. like that sort of stuff is what we do. And it's in every press and every newspaper. That's the, that we, I put myself on a billboard naked uh, two years ago and he's doing it now and he's getting all this attention. It's like, well, imagine if we'd done that for him or we'd done something for your brand similar to what, it's exactly in our mindset, but everyone thinks it's so clever. So hopefully there's a space there I'm diving into. Um, I'm just sick of people going, you know, like people going, oh, I'm, I'm a disruptive person. I'm a disruptive marketing company. It's like, oh, mate, Simon, you, you know, you're not. And it stressed me out. And that's based on a real person, by the way, as well. Oh, fine, 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 fine. Or they call themselves Mavericks, or they call themselves, oh, it just makes me want to kill myself because I get it. Like, I get that you're trying to make it a niche, but I naturally am that annoyingly weird person. And I have to, that has to be my niche because it's, it can't be anyone else's. Hey. So if, if I don't have that niche, I have fuck all. So please don't take it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have been fantastic. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you.